0: we know just what you need and we've got just the cure open wide and prepare for steaming hot cup of freedom
1: i just don't fathom it
0: the michael dukes show streaming live across the world
2: live around the world on the internet at michaeldukeshow.com and across the state of alaska on this, your favorite radio station and/or FM translator. Good morning, my friends. Hello, hello, hello. Are you ready for another great day? A balmy forty degrees here in the South Central area, uh, down in the Matsu. Definitely, uh, definitely uh, uh, more comfortable uh, this morning. I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot um let's uh let's see if we can uh, again i was doing the the anti snow dance and uh, and hoping that uh hoping that we will uh maintain a little bit of the Indian summer or fall or whatever it is, uh, let's just, uh, fingers crossed, hope that it uh, continues on this way here uh, as we continue to move forward. Well, welcome to the program and thanks for coming in today. Uh, we've got a lot of headlines to cover and some stories, some things that I want to talk about and, uh, well, <clears throat> there's, oh man, there's things to know, things, things to talk about. We're also going to open up the phone lines a little bit later in the show and we'll get a chance uh, for you to talk about the things that uh, you want to talk about as well. And uh, and that's it. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk with Brad Keithley, Chris Story. Uh, and on Wednesday, we'll have some, uh, some other stuff. But today, it's just you and me. I like it. I like it a lot. Some of my favorite times are just hanging out with you and talking about... Um, talking about all the uh, stuff stuff and things stuff and things so what are some of the stories that we're going to be talking about today well we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, move by the permanent fund corporation uh, you can see that there's shaking some shaking and moving going on behind the scenes here um, and I, let me just let me just say that uh, well, uh let me just say that this is uh <clears throat> a tale that's being told, but you're only getting half you're only getting that there's some spin going on here. And and we'll talk about that. We'll we'll talk about that as we get into that story. There is some spin going on there, and it is a little bit of frustrating to watch. It's it's a little frustrating to see what's going on there. We're gonna talk uh we're gonna talk about that. Um, also, uh, some moves by the, um, Anchorage school district, which, um, I think, I mean, I kind of, I kind of think it's a good idea. Um, I mean, I, I know you probably are all shocked to hear that. I think that a school district is doing something well, but, uh, to me, it's an acknowledgement of, um. Uh, that something is broken, and that they're trying to find a way to fix it. Now, I don't know if this answer is the is the actual. I don't know if this thing is the actual answer or not, but um, at least they're you know trying to find a way to move in that right direction. So, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good story, and um, we'll see we'll we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, we'll have some discussion on some of the other. Uh, races that are happening because we are about two weeks, two and a half weeks away right now from um, the elections in Matsu for the uh for the Matsu uh, school board and borough assembly and things like that. And there's a lot of moving and shaking going on here. And as we saw in Fairbanks with that race, there is a lot of monies uh, coming in from <clears throat> outside the state, and there's some real pushback on some of this. Uh, we'll also talk about a bit about the COVID alliance that uh, happened this last weekend. Had a pretty good crowd out there, apparently, and uh, we'll see uh, who uh, who uh, comes in and talks about that. And then, um, oh, uh, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, uh, sorry, uh, Liz Snyder. Liz Schneider, uh, who uh, the former lawmaker who now resides in Florida, where she was from originally, (laughs) moves up here, does a stint in the legislature, moves back to Florida. Uh, But there is a APOC complaint here, which I think has some merit, interestingly enough. And we'll talk a little bit uh, about that uh, as well. And uh, I think that's uh, we have some other, you know, some other ones that will kind of pop up and down and we'll we'll talk about it. the homelessness in Anchorage is a huge deal down here in the south central area. Not so much in the Matsu, su but uh, down in Anchorage, that has become a huge, huge issue uh, that is kind of all consuming uh, of the assembly's time right now between snow removal and dealing with the homelessness issue. That seems to be the only thing that these folks are talking about over the last uh, over the last few months, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna see what else uh, is gonna come out of that, um, and we'll uh, we'll discuss with you and me, and and we'll just hang out. And like I said, we'll open up the phone lines a little bit uh, later on. So, how uh, how was your weekend? How are how are things going? How did you feel? Do you feel great? Do you feel uh you feel like this is uh um did you get everything done that you needed to get I did. I felt pretty good. It was a good weekend. Last weekend with the help of uh of uh, uh Julie who a uh, friend of the show, uh we were able to not this this weekend, but we just left. But the weekend before I uh, was able to finally get all that uh, junked out stuff that I've been trying to get stacked up and get out of here to the landfill and we finally made it over to the landfill and got everything squared away and man that was a load off I mean that was just you know how you look around and you're like I know this is all going to be covered with snow and I'm still going to feel bad about it I'm still going to be upset I'm still going to be you know uh, agitated by whatever junk I've got laying around that I've got stacked up that I've been meaning to take to the dump and Uh, You know, that is the, I love, I love my car for many reasons, but the fact that I can't hardly haul anything in it and I don't have a pickup truck anymore was definitely one of those things that uh, I'm just like, you know, Uh, but with the help of a friend, we got it all squared away and, uh, and I walked around the yard this weekend and I was like, wow, look at this. This place is all, it's ready for snow. It's ready to be, it's good. I'm feeling good about this. (laughs) So. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> it was uh, – I, I hope that you had the same fulfilled weekend that you could walk around and go, yep, we are all ready. Because there's just nothing worse than being like, okay, I, re- I remember years and I was like, I got to take care of this and this and this. And I wake up the next morning and everything's covered in snow. And I was like, well, now I'll just have to think about it for the next seven months <laughs> with all this snow on it. But I should have taken care of it before – but this year, <clears throat> I feel good. I feel real good. I uh, got a lot of stuff done last week. I've uh, been working on a few projects, uh, proposals, and other things. And I mean, by the end of the week, I had gotten everything completed, and it's all in final review. And I'm just feeling like I'm ready for this winter. For the first time in a long time, I'm ready for this winter going into it. So I hope I hope you kind of had the same fulfilled fulfilled. Weekend and uh, and are feeling uh, feeling good. Um, all right, well, I guess we can crack into some of the uh, news that's going on around the state. Um, uh, I guess I, I guess I'll start with this story. I don't really have much to say about this story, but I thought it was uh, interesting as we continue to see the tug of war that goes on um, when the state. Redistricts every 10 years. You know, the state is, it redistricts the different political boundaries every 10 years uh, with the census. And it's always such a poo parade. It's always, it almost always ends up being decided by the courts because it's such a partisan effort, one way or the other. Um, <clears throat> the ethics, excuse me, the um, redistricting board, uh, which of course is a board made up of five different people and they're charged with drawing up Alaska's legislative districts, are now going to have to pay four, which means that we're going to have to pay because it's a state board, they're going to have to pay $400,000 to settle financial claims brought on by a group of East Anchorage plaintiffs who successfully challenged the boundaries of Eagle River State Senate District last year. In total, <clears throat> the state's going to have to pay more than $600,000 to settle financial claims resulting from what the Supreme Court called an unconstitutional political gerrymander, which is, again, what they do every 10 years. Two smaller financial claims by other plaintiffs remain unresolved, but Friday's decision by the redistricting board is likely, to, to, uh, likely the last major action in the state's once-per-decade redistricting process, according to James Brooks over at the Alaska Beacon. Last year, the board controversially chose to split Eagle River's two state House districts between separate Senate districts. The Senate districts consist of two House districts apiece, and the division would have given the politically conservative area greater influence in the state Senate. Part of East Anchorage that is less conservative would have joined with one of the Eagle River districts, something opposed by area residents who sued claiming political bias. <laughs> Again. <coughs> Every freaking year, this is what happens. Of course, there's political bias. This is a politically charged and politically appointed board. Of course, there is political. I I know I said I didn't say I said I didn't have much to say about this, but apparently I do. The lower courts ruled in favor of the East Anchorage plaintiffs and the Supreme Court said the Alaska Supreme Court said the board's decisions were unconstitutional. The justices demanded a new map. The board complied, instead linking one of the Eagle River seats to the South Anchorage House districts that includes Girdwood. Girdwood residents challenged that decision, and again, the Supreme Court ordered a new map. After election, the board adopted that inter- the new interim map as its permanent choice, creating legislative districts that will be used until at least 2030. Uh, in late August, the Supreme Court awarded almost $82,000 to the East Anchorage Plaintiffs and $15,000 to the Matsu Borough, which had filed a separate, mostly unsuccessful lawsuit relating to the boundaries of the state house district. Uh, East Anchorage Plaintiffs requested the Superior Court a- re- award them $680,000, a figure opposed by the redistricting board. The two sides eventually settled at 400 dollars Thousand dollars. In June, the board agreed to pay 115000 dollars to the plaintiffs from Girdwood. The city of Aldees and the Matsu Borough both lost their challenges, which involved the boundaries of the state districts, but did win a decision when justices overturned the Cantwell Appendage, a proposal that drew boundaries around that interior town and in an attempt to include it in the same house district as other Atna communities. Um So, I mean, this is going to be a million-dollar deal by the time it's all said and done. I mean, right? All these different houses. This has just become – I don't even know how to fix this. I was watching this when I was first on the borough assembly. I was watching this kind of play out in real time because the Fairbanks North Star Borough was involved in some of the redistricting debates and had – it was involved in some of the – and it was just so blatantly – I mean, the courts were deciding this in the end. It wasn't the board. I mean, anything that happened led to a court challenge. Whether it was the Republicans who were in charge of the board or the Democrats who were in charge of the board, they always led to a court challenge. And in the end, always led to the courts basically blessing or in some cases actually creating a, uh, a, a new map. And that was it. It's just uh, I just. I don't even know what to say Million bucks, so I guarantee you 400000 already paid out They paid out another, what, hundred? What did they say? 82000 to the Matsu Borough And other East Anchorage plaintiffs I mean, this is going to be a, a million dollar deal By the time it's all said and done What a crazy poop parade That's all I, I could say to that Just a wow Wow, what a deal Alright, um, up against it We got to go. We'll continue here in just a minute. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty based, free thinking radio. It is Monday. We're loving it, aren't you? We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere.
0: on 100% pure beard power oh also some coffee we dip our beard in coffee hat <laughs> nice beard the Michael Duke show
2: okay um uh, let me go back and see what you guys are all talking about good morning good morning good morning Jason on YouTube. Brian, my dad, uh, Terry, Bill, hello guys, hello, 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 Brian says he's sick of the overcast, that's weird, I mean, it's, you know, although it was beautiful yesterday, what just beautiful, gorgeous sunshine, gorgeous, Um, good morning, good morning, good morning, um, good morning. Could there be any correlation between the city offering free tickets to anywhere to the homeless? No, I mean, I know that they said a few people have taken advantage of that, but I think it was like 35 at last count. So I don't think it was, you know. Help the neighborhood take down trees, um, which I will convert into heat next year. Did the local comic con with daughter, too. My daughter went to the comic con. She said it was a lot of fun. Nice little con. Was a little fun. Aegis Comics, right? Aegis Comics out there. Uh, uh, Rick says his thumbs are a little groggy this morning. Maybe he needs to soak them in coffee. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was a great weekend. It really was. I um, I slept in. Felt so good. Oh man. And like I said just got those last little things done yard look good i feel like it's going to be i think it's going to be a, a good good fall i'm lo- i'm loving that um yeah going outside it's only i mean it's rick uh, rick lives just down the road from me um uh his place is always a little bit colder than mine but i'm at 40 degrees right now so it's uh it's it's nice i mean it's like like, wow, what the heck is going on? Um, Been in South Carolina for the last two weeks, says Kelly. Gas prices going down. Good prices going down. Food prices going down, I think is what she means. Homes being built. Malls being built. Factories being built. Amazing. Red state. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some good stuff out there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Cindy. Sydney said she helped her church with bingo for quilts events. Lots of estrogen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the that was the weekend. That was the weekend. Oh, man. Yep. Just another Monday, my friends. Uh ready to go. I mean, it's not just another Monday, because you're gonna have a good one today. I get it. My beard is out of control this morning. I don't know why. It's just not. Need to do something. Uh, uh. Okay, it's one of those days where you just feel like you want to shave it off. You know, I mean not shave it off, but shave it down. Like it would not obey. It would not obey. Didn't feel like getting the hair dryer out this morning. All right. Uh, what else? With stories. What do you guys? What else you guys want to talk about today? Any topics that are hot on your mind? Anything that you guys are like, yeah, we need to talk about that. Let's get to it. I'm curious. Any topics that are just hot on your mind on this bright and beautiful Mo- Monday morning? I want to know. I want to know where you're at. Hit me with it. Ah, the Michael Duke Show. We are, um, sorry, I just got confused for a second there. Oh, we're still good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I obviously have not had my coffee this morning. ready to go. Make sure if you're up in the interior, you join us this weekend at the Interior Alaska Gun Show and the Go Winter Expo. That's going to be fun. That's going to be the fun stuff. I can't wait for that. It should be fun, fun, fun. You need to bathe the beard in fresh snow to regain control, says Bryant. Maybe that's the answer. Pack it on real good. Get it all frosty. Maybe that's what we need to do. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. I'll wait for it to snow then. I don't care if it's scraggly. No snow. No snow. I'm just fingers crossed. Here we go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they're giving me they're giving me beard grooming tips in the chat room. I said my beard's a little bit out of control this morning. Brian suggests I pack fresh snow on it, which of course there is no fresh snow. But I should bathe it in fresh snow. And then Bill suggested bacon grease, which I mean, sounds odiferous. Sounds like it would smell good, but Ooh, gross, man. <laughs> I mean, they used to do such a thing, I guess, the old cowboys and stuff, a little grease down their hair. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I just can't imagine. Boy, that would make you, the bear would, oh, man, the bears would love you, absolutely love you in the woods if you were slicked down with bear grease or with uh, bacon grease. Um, all right, Um it's pouring down rain in Kodiak. Yeah, I mean it could be pouring down rain here. It's just cloudy here. It's just cloudy for I don't even know what it is up in Fairbanks. I mean, I could tell you. Uh but down in the down in the South Central area, we're having uh we're having a good uh we're having a good uh a good uh day today. Absolutely a good weather day. Oh. I don't want to do that. There we go. What is uh what's what's happening in the Fairbanks? 26 degrees in Fairbanks right now. 26 degrees in Fairbanks uh, according to this this is Homer is 48. oh okay um all right let's um let's let's start cracking in on some of these other news stories here that I want to get to um the uh, Alaska covid Alliance uh met over the weekend on Friday and Saturday. And it was the second Alaska COVID Alliance conference. Uh, 400 people on Friday and about 350 on Saturday attended, according to uh, Suzanne Downing over at Must Read. And they heard about a variety of topics, including the effects of COVID, the issues with spike protein on the human body, concerns with long COVID, the plans for the WHO and other topics Including the role of artificial intelligence in medical policy decisions and more, there were a bunch of different speakers, including Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Ryan Cole, um, and more. Uh, people learned about everything from the risk of heart attacks and why young athletes are suffering from myocarditis and other things. Um, and Dr. McCullough had a lot of uh, had a lot of uh, suggestions as well. Um, the attendees were primarily according to must-read, non-medical people with only about a dozen medical professionals uh, professionals including doctors in the crowd and um, so anyway it's uh it's uh it's some good stuff so it looks like a lot I saw several I saw several posts from people um on <clears throat> Facebook or whatever that they had uh, that they had attended and took uh, some people took some selfies with Dr McCullough and everything else so Anyway, a good, uh, good, good job. So anybody who attended will have to tell me how uh, good it was, or anything else. When we get to the open line section of the show today, which will be sometime, I think, in the second hour. You can, if you went, I'd love to hear a report of how it went as you went through. All right. Um, what else is going? Oh, I did want to talk about this because I find it so ironic. Um, when you run for when you run for public office in the state of Alaska, you have to deal with the uh, Alaska Public Offices Commission. Now, I will say that my experience with uh, APOC was pretty good overall. Um, I did have to pay a fine one time because I didn't realize. I mean, first, it's kind of a there's no like handbook. Uh, there's no like. Um, Easy, there was no, like, easy online website that said, here are the steps you take to to deal with APOC. And so you're kind of learning as you go with with uh, with them. And I did end up having to pay a $150 fine one time because I, fi- I didn't file my – it was like a report that I didn't realize that I was supposed to file uh, after – I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the reports. That I didn't realize I had to file. I will say that the people that, that I dealt with at APOC, Heather Hebron, I think, and some other, they were extremely helpful. And APOC was, was uh, you know, they, they were very nice about it. But I would say that in the long run, this, you know, it, it's a tangled, tangled web. Uh, all the filing and the reporting and everything else. But when you make politics your business, as some of these political people do, when they make politics their business, they should know better. And this might be the story for Representative Liz Snyder. She's a former member of the Alaska House, a Democrat who represented a portion of Midtown Anchorage from 2021 until 2022, and then move back to her home state of Florida. And apparently she has some explaining to do to the Alaska Public Offices Commission about why she used campaign money to pay her husband a thank you gift for services rendered on her campaign. Now, I will say this, even I know that a thank you gift is not a approved expenditure. Okay? You you can't you just can't do that. But this is interesting. Um, This all comes down. uh, This all comes from uh, Jay McDonald, who is an activist um, who has been uh, you might remember his name. He's the one that filed the APOC complaint against Jenny Armstrong uh, this last year. Uh, He filed a complaint uh, against her because she started to try and raise money to pay how pay down her debt. Uh, to her campaign lawyer, Scott Kendall, although she'd never disclosed the debt personally or on her campaign finance reports, that thing is still simmering in the background right now. So she had this debt. She never disclosed it on any of her APOC filings to Scott Kendall. Remember Scooter Kendall? Anybody remember Scott Kendall? You know who I'm talking about? Alaska for better elections, all the other. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, she never disclosed it, and her fine could be as high as three hundred and eighty five thousand dollars for that little. oh man, it just anyway, Jay McDonald, who filed that APOC complaint, has now filed a new one against um against uh Liz Snyder and her husband Sam Snyder. um and this is a little bit long and involved. Let me see if I can get through this here in the next few minutes, but i I want to kind of. There's some backstory here as to why you have to get some backstory on this. So in 2018, Snyder used her husband, Sam, as her campaign treasurer. He's an environmental activist uh, and its director at True Blue Strategy, which is a political consultancy. You should love people who make politics their business. I mean, upon her first filing, Liz indicated Sam was her treasurer in 2018, and he remained so until the end of the 2018 cycle. She lost that year to Lance Pruitt and then narrowly won against him in 2020 by only 11 votes. Don't tell me your vote doesn't matter. 11 votes. Uh, And she served one part of one term before moving back to Florida. So she she skipped town after that. Um, All right. Uh, Her first 30-day campaign disclosure covering the reporting from uh, February to July of 2018 indicates the report was filed by herself. In her seven-day campaign disclosure covering the reporting period from July through August of that year, indicates it was filed by her husband, Samuel. There was no payment to Sam logged on this report and no debt to Sam logged on this report. This becomes important to know. Uh, this is I mean, You may be like, well, so what? Okay. This becomes important. No payment to Sam, no debt to Sam. Her next two campaign disclosures uh, were filed by Liz again with no payment to Sam, no debt to Sam, her husband and treasurer. Her final year-end campaign disclosure, covering the final reporting period, indicates that it was filed by Sam. And in that report, uh, a check was written to him for $2,000. It was listed as an expenditure for Sam Snyder, APOC Consulting, NA. The explanation for the expenditure was a thank-you gift for APOC support. Now, it's important to note that it was logged as a check to Sam himself and not to his business, SDS Consulting. Around the same period, there was another independent expenditure group named Mark Begich for Alaska, and it used Sam's SDS Consulting. In its first filing, they reported a debt of $5,500 to SDS Consulting for APOC compliance and filing support. They later showed filings that the debt of $5,500 was paid in full— um, along uh, with a check, uh, with a description, APOC filing support. It shows that Sam Snyder was providing these services for a fee, which means a couple things. It means it, she should have either noted it as an in-kind donation if it was something he did for a living, or it shouldn't be marked as a thank you uh, any, any wills subsequent APOC rulings have further clarified that even, so it shows that Sam Schneider's was again, providing stuff for a fee the way that Jay McDonald sees it. If Liz Snyder hired Samuel Snyder for the purposes of APOC consulting and filing, she's required to report the terms of that agreement and supposed to mark it as a potential debt or projected debt, but instead nothing was filed. Um, and one of the problems is that, uh, uh, McDonald pointed out is that Liz apparently uh, appeared to be actually paying Sam but calling it a thank you gift, something that's not approved, an approved ex- expenditure to a close family member who shares the same household. Um, I mean, this it's, it, it's kind of crazy. McDonald says that he cites the report for the Mark Baggage for Alaska complaint in his complaint because it proves that Sam Snyder provided this service professionally and that he knew that the requirements to report the debt for his service existed. And that he filed this debt correctly in the instance of Mark baggage's group. So, and he goes on and on and on talking about how Liz Snyder claimed she was only paying her husband $7 an hour, but it turns out that there wasn't enough time to do that and blah, 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 blah. A lot of stuff going on. <clears throat> he actually paid a, uh, he actually paid a process server to uh, deliver this process, this server to her to her place in uh, St Augustine Florida cuz she's now out of state which again we just talked about this last week didn't we people wanting to pop into Alaska politics and then leave the state great great so anyway, just another interesting apoc complaint uh, between this one, and I, I don't think this one is nearly as uh, as interesting as the one for Jenny Armstrong, um, where that that complaint could be pretty significant. But we'll see. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with both of these. Um, I guess is, is this lawfare? I guess this could be considered. I mean, since Scott Kendall is over there. Uh, stirring up all these apoc complaints against Kelly Chewbacca and Art Mathias and others. I guess what's good for the goose is good for the gander? Question mark. I mean, I just don't know. I just don't know if uh, if that's if this is good or if it's bad. Uh, but I guess we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to find out. All right, uh, we are up against the break, so we're going to continue in just a moment. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. we got more coming up, and your phone calls in hour two. Don't go anywhere. Back with more right after this.
0: Our light, our guide...
2: And our trusted friend. Michael. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was thinking 40 degrees and drizzling says Bill. Yeah. He'd be really popular with the dogs, the cats, the bears. Uh, yeah, Terry would put the kibosh on the bacon grease post-haste. The dog would love it, I guarantee you. The dog would be already licking my face more than it does already. Uh, Kelly says you could, that, that the COVID alliance thing was amazing. You can watch it again online. Um, um, Going through, going through. Are they just now catching that, says Kelly. I'm assuming she's talking about the APOC complaint. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you got to uh, you got to work on. (laughs) Oh, my God, Bill, you made me swallow my tongue. Your representative so ugly she had to pay her husband. a Thank you for services rendered. (laughs) Oh, man. Jeannie says Hoppy's number nine is uh, Perfect Beard Oil. <laughs> oh, man. She was uh, upset that she wasn't invited to the leg wrestling and beer pong party, says Bill. Um. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Okay. Kendall, Scooter Kendall needs more bar complaints, says uh, Jeannie maybe i don't i don't know oh good morning um all right didn't mean to make you choke said bill i'm so, i was just uh, that was that was some good stuff my friend that was some good good stuff all right uh, we're going to do some open line stuff an hour or two. So what else do you guys want to talk about? Uh, let's let us let you guys drive. Let's take a poll. I mean an informal poll because I'm not going to put anything up. But uh, what would you guys want to talk about? We got uh, – well, we're going to talk about the PFD or the Permanent Fund Corporation, not the Permanent Fund Dividend, although that will factor into it. Um, I think we're going to talk about the education thing next. And so bacon. Jeannie wants to talk about bacon. Bacon is delicious of that. There is no doubt bacon is delicious. Food and recipe You guys are killing me, man. Why do you want to do that on this early morning thing where I'm just trying to. Yeah. Food and recipes. All right <clears throat> Okay, what else did I what else did I have here? Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. District of board uh, Yukon salmon. Did you see this picture in the ADN? Um, a struggle to dodge salmon in pursuit of a massive Pollock bounty? Um, I uh, it's, uh, it's with trawlers and stuff. And I'm just like, I, I just, I don't even know. I just don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Um, I, I want to talk, I want to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about that, but there's an article in the ADN today talking about the Pollock industry and trawlers and what's it what's it doing to salmon bound for the Western Alaska rivers and everything else? So it's uh, it's interesting. So, um, you're about to cook some home smoked bacon. Oh God, it sounds delicious. Um, Jeremy says he's still looking for a good smoked lamb chop recipe the amount uh see uh Kelly says she's seeing a lot. I saw some folks with masks this weekend. I just, you know, or this last week, I guess. I just, you know, nodded, smiled, opened the door for them. What are you what are you doing? Um we used to run deer fat on our cast iron stove before we left the set net camp at the end of season. Render deer fat or run deer fat on our cast iron stove? Mm. Oh, rub, rub. Yeah, well, it keeps it from rusting. Probably keeps the bears from liking it. Um, all right. We got to go. I guess that's the end of that. You guys are all over the place this morning. Although I do like your idea of bacon, smoked bacon, home-smoked bacon. Man, I would love to. I just don't have the patience for a smoker. It's just I don't have enough. T- I don't have enough time to babysit and do all that kind of stuff. Although I have friends that have done cheese. That's what I would like to smoke. I would like to smoke some different types of cheeses. I've tried to smoke cheese once, but it was damn hard to get lit. <laughs> Here we go. okay I asked everybody in the chat room what they wanted to talk about this morning and all they want to talk about is food and recipes. I think sometimes we need a bit of a break from the political machinations and stuff don't you I mean sometimes we just need a well remember we're coming up on the holidays and um, I what did we do last time we did um, we did the holiday recipe contest. Where we did a bunch of, um, where we got a bunch of recipes from listeners, and then we put them up for the most likes and votes. Sarah Vance won last time. Sarah Vance actually won the, uh, she actually won the contest. She got a coffee mug and a uh, and a pound of coffee uh, for winning that contest. And for the life of me, I at this very moment, I cannot remember what her recipe was. I'll have to go back and look. Um, but it was, um, it, it, that was a great time. I love seeing what people, uh, love to, you know, what to them is comfort food, right? What to them is, um, a, uh, a thing. Did she file that with APOC? Well, that was a contest, so I don't, but you know, derby cake. That's what it was. Was it derby cake? Was that, is that? All right, Kentucky bourbon pecan pie. That's what it was. Thank you, thank you, um, Bill. <laughs> keeping me, keeping me honest. Kentucky bourbon pecan pie. Oh man, I love seeing what people love to cook for the holidays. I mean, that's the that's the feel good time, right? And you always, during the holidays, you always, I mean, how many of you are cooking family recipes that have been around forever? Right? I mean, I don't know. I know Bill. Um, <clears throat> I know Bill actually took my grandmother's pumpkin pie recipe, which I posted. I posted every year here. I mean, it was like a family secret for a long time. I mean, family se- But I finally posted it here. And I know Bill went out and and, and uh, made it because he posted it on Facebook that he made the pies. And, uh, I mean, it's the best pumpkin pie in the – but that isn't that it is? You always make the things that grandma used to make or, you know, that your parents used to make or whatever. There's something about that. There's just something about coming together with food and just enjoying the stories behind it uh, we had a friend in uh, North Pole who made a, who made a, he put t- she put together a cookbook. Uh, Cindy, uh, Sam, and Cindy, a good friends of ours. Uh, Cindy put together a cookbook of all the different recipes from friends and per- people on the roller derby teams, and it was just like a bunch of different people. And uh, that little that little cookbook is great. I just. I, I just loved it. little bound cookbook with all the different recipes for everything. And uh, so <clears throat> anyway, I could see why people wanted to talk about food because I'm like, well, OK, so what do you guys want to do? What, what topic should we bring up? And they were like, food and recipes. And I'm like, really? I mean, you guys don't want to talk about politics. You don't want to talk about what's going on in the world. I feel like and and this is where this is the time of year. Where I start to run, like, in January, I'm all gung-ho, right? It's legislative time. The session's about to start. We go hard and heavy. But by the time I roll into October, November, December, I am about burned out on the political stuff. And that's when I start thinking about having shows about food, you know, history, book interviews. I mean, just other kinds of things. Because, you know, there's more to life than just politics. Oh, my gosh. Tawny just had an idea. The Michael Duke Show Cookbook. Tawny just said we should, so maybe I should gather all the recipes that because I've done that I've done that uh, holiday recipe contest three or four times over the last six seven years. Maybe I should go back and look at all of them and collect them all, and maybe we should have a big contest this year, and maybe we'll make a cookbook out of all the recipes that are on there. So you got to share multiple recipes. You know, I, I, I think that's, that would be great. I love, if you've never had potato salad with smoked eggs in it, you haven't, what, (laughs) what smoked eggs. Oh man, I am. You had me at smoked eggs, potato salad with smoked eggs in it. That sounds delicious. Um, how about Christmas jalapeno jelly, my wife makes a Christmas jalapeno jelly that is just uh, jalapeno wine jelly that is just amazing. It's so delicious, so good. Um, <clears throat> now everybody's saying they want a they want an MD show cookbook. I'll have to put it out there, but we'll maybe we'll create one and get it get it get it bound and put it together. Um, Every but rum. Now they're talking hot buttered rum recipes, smoked bacon and pound uh, smoked bacon salad, smoked potato salad with a pound of smoked bacon. Oh, you guys, you guys, it's uh it's all bad. It's all bad. All right. Well, maybe I'll think about it here. They're they're all they're all talking about now they all want a cookbook. So, maybe that would be a good thing. You guys can tell me in the next hour when I open up the phone lines if you think a a recipe contest would be another good. I always enjoy it because I enjoy reading. Maybe I never make the recipe, but I always enjoy. Oh, somebody put up a. The first time I did this contest um, would have been 2015, 2016. Um, Somebody posted a recipe, a recipe, a recipe for oyster stuffing so it was like holiday stuffing but it was made with oysters and terry made it i was like oh you gotta try this this sounds delicious and terry made it that year and it was wow it was amazing so rich i could basically eat like one spoonful one or two spoonfuls you know a little helping of it and i was like oh i can't have any more so good But so, so rich and flavorful. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) this is how distractible I am in the morning sometimes. Here we are. We're going to be talking about some of these other stories. And here I am talking about mm, food, which I obviously love. I obviously love the – Kelly just said, raspberry jalapeno jelly on melted brie with bacon pieces. (laughs) My wife and I's anniversary was last week. Uh we were been married for 32 years. And she got us for our anniversary night we were hanging out on the couch and she got a a uh, a big round of brie and she melted irish butter and garlic chopped garlic over the top of it with a fresh sourdough baguette and we just cut it into little you know slices. And that was our dinner. We ate the brie and the and the garlic and the fresh Irish butter, and some grapes with the brie. It was so good. Oh man, so good. Absolutely delicious. Okay. Um, so it, yeah, food is a great catalyst for conversation. It is. I mean, food is, you know, it's the universal language. Whenever you're going to go someplace, like, so you're going to go outside someplace, I'm going to, uh, I don't know, Dallas, or I'm going to, uh, you know, wherever, Idaho Falls, where you'll find somebody who's like, oh, when you go there, you got to stop by this restaurant. Oh, when you go there, you got to go by this eatery. I mean, food is the universal language. It is just—it is a universal. Everybody wants. Everybody has to do it. Everybody loves it. Everybody wants to share it. And uh, it is—it's an amazing thing. Food is an amazing catalyst for conversation. You're a hundred percent right. Um, and yes, there was wine, Harold. There was wine. There was cheese and wine. It was delicious. And uh, what more could you, uh, it was an Alexander, uh, Alexander uh, uh, Cabernet. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful evening, 32 years of marriage. The woman still knows how to, you know, surprise me and, uh, and make me happy. And it's an amazing, it's amazing that I, that, you know, I made it 32 years with this gal. She's, she, she could have done so much better, so much better than what uh what i have to offer but she always always treats me good everybody everybody is talking about the oyster stuffing now i had never had oyster stuffing up until that point i had never had oysters st- i'd never even heard of it um but um, yeah we tried about every other year now my wife will make a batch of oyster stuffing along with the regular stuffing so it's uh, it's good it's good stuff absolutely delicious All right, well, hour two is coming up, and um, as much as I would love to sit around and talk about food all morning, um, I mean, I really would love to talk about the food all morning, we got a couple other stories to discuss, including the new academies that are being put together by the Anchorage School District and the move by the Permanent Fund to try and create this constitutional amendment. Now, I have some bones to pick on this story And we're going to talk about that here uh, on the other side. Uh, James Brooks writes for the Alaska Beacon. It got picked up by the ADN. And there are some glaring holes in this story. And I thought maybe it was just ignorance, but it looks like, well, it looks like it's being omitted, especially when he references back to something that's happening in New Mexico. We're going to talk about this. That's all coming up in hour two. And we're going to open up the phone lines and more. It's all dead ahead. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Again, hour two, we'll open phone lines, have some discussions. Tomorrow, Brad Keithley, Chris Story, don't forget that. We'll return with more right after this. Okay. Well Sorry, I'm just reading some stuff here Alright, let me go back to the sound room. Um, Kelly said, oh my god, that sounds amazing I think she was talking about the brie with the Irish butter Which, <clears throat> if you haven't tasted Irish butter There is a difference Very there is a difference. Irish butter, the Kerrygold Irish butter, you can get it at Costco. Um, it's more expensive than the regular butter, but, you know, we buy it and put it aside for special uses. But, yeah, Irish butter and and chopped garlic, you know, kind of the minced chopped garlic cloves over the top of the brie. Oh, it was so good. So good. Absolutely Delicious. Three Bears has it, too. I mean, I love Three Bears, but, you know, a lot of times Three Bears is selling you stuff that you could buy at Costco for 25% less. So I will shop at Three Bears, especially for their meat. But, um, yeah, for the most part, if it's something that could be bought at Costco, I'll buy it at Costco. Kelly said she's le- moving. Did you say you were moving? She was going to miss us. Kelly says she's moving out of Alaska. I'm going to miss the show. Well, you don't have to stop listening to the show. The show is available everywhere. You can just join us here on Facebook. You can stay connected. Uh, Harold said he made lasagna soup on Friday. I don't know what that is, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. My wife makes these things that she calls stoops. Um... And she makes she makes a spaghetti stoop, which is, it's not quite a soup. It's not quite a stew. It's a stoop. So it's delicious. It's been a long time since I had that, come to think of it. But it is good. Um, all right. Uh, Rick says, uh, Kelly says, yes, there is a difference between Irish butter. And Rick says, I make my own. <laughs> you make your own Irish butter? I want to know how do you how do you do that? Um uh going through here. Uh three bears has got great meat. Um my son has a meltdown when I don't have Irish butter in the house and he doesn't even live here. <laughs> that's a typical that's a typical kid reaction, huh? Oh yeah, mom, where's your Irish butter? Toddy says, I'm not driving to Anchorage for a two-person household. Well, okay. I mean, you know. Um, uh, Donna tells uh, Kelly you can join her for the 10 o'clock club. See, because the 10 o'clock club for Donna is the 6 o'clock club for us. Uh, It's good. Um, Okay. Look it up. Uh, The lasagna soup. It was my first try. Kids. Ate it up. It says R it up, but I'm sure it means L. Oh, yeah, ate it up. As a, <laughs> Anthony says, as a proud Italian, the concept of lasagna soup triggers me culturally. I'm going to my safe space now. Take some lasagna soup with you when you go, will you? It'll be good. It will be good. Um, When Jerica was in Florida, she said it was harder for me to join when I was in Florida because of the time difference didn't match up with my schedule to listen at 10 a.m. She said, I worked nights there, was asleep at that time most days. Well, that's okay. You know, that's uh, that's okay. It is what it is. That's why there's a podcast. You can listen to it on your own time whenever you want to. You don't have to wait around. You can do it. That's what the podcast is for. Just put it on, you know, just go. If you got Spotify on your phone, you just go to Spotify, and you type in my name, and when you subscribe, it automatically downloads it to your player. And uh, you are ready. You are ready. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Um. All right. Sheboygan, what? Sheboygan? Are you in Petoskey? 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 I don't know. Jennifer's asking a question of somebody. Sheboygan. What a funny word. Um. All right. <clears throat> so, are you <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. That's not true, Bill. That's not true. Um <clears throat> craft american singles. That craft american singles, that would be the that would be the most catastrophic thing to add to any kind of lasagna. <clears throat> Oh, uh Donna's in Patiski. She was born in Sheboygan. Um, okay. I see. Um all right, we're one minute out. I gotta return. I mean, I will just ramble on about food all morning if you guys you guys have successfully sidetracked me for one full segment. So uh <clears throat> let's uh let's get back into it here and start talking a little bit more about. Some other important stuff not that the food isn't important but there's some other important stuff here that we need to get to and i want to uh, i want to get squared away on that but yeah i think we're gonna we're about we're about ready into that season we're into the fall season now's the time to start talking about some of the segments on food fun movies books we're gonna do that we're gonna do that all right Now, my friends, here we go. Hour two dead ahead. Let's do it.
0: Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
2: Live around the world on the internet at com, and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning. <clears throat> How are you? Welcome to the show. It is The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live. Uh, it is a beautiful Monday morning uh, a balmy 40 degrees outside the old hacienda here in uh, in south Central uh, a little bit warmer down on the peninsula 27 degrees up in the interior last I checked so uh, kind of a kind of a nice uh, kind of a nice uh, you know w- warmer fall day here in the state and looking forward to it <clears throat> looking forward to, Enjoying it. I hope you had a great weekend and uh, uh, really uh, got some stuff done. I was just talking in hour one about how I made the rounds of the of the house uh, on, the, on Saturday. You know, just kind of walked around, made sure, checked to see if everything. I felt pretty good. This is like the first time in many a winter where I feel like completely put together before the snow falls. All the stuff that I've been wanting to pick up and get junked out and everything else all got done. Special thanks, by the way, to Julie. Uh, who helped me out with that she brought a truck and a trailer a dump trailer over which was so nice because dang you only had to load it once baby you only had to load it once um so we uh but we got it all squared away got everything cleaned out got all the cars fixed up and ready to go for the winter um and uh i'm feeling feeling pretty good i'm feeling like it's gonna be a good good winter time time uh, uh show for this year All right, um, what do we got for this hour? We've got some headlines, and uh, we got (laughs) – the chat room distracted me in the last segment. We got talking about food, and now I'm thinking about this idea for a cookbook for the show, a show cookbook uh, that we could uh, could put together. That would be kind of fun. Uh, Everybody contributes, uh, and then I'll bind it all together, put it into a book, and then sell it to you. And make money. See, that's that's the idea. That's capitalism right there, baby. That's what it is. It is. uh, It's good. So we will uh, we'll 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 find out. Uh, Meanwhile, I got some stories that I want to talk about. Uh, There's a story about uh, the uh, Permanent Fund Board and their attempts to work in conjunction with some of the good old boys in the legislature to try and create a constitutional amendment to give the legislature access to the corpus of the fund, which I'm not a fan of, uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, the new academies that they are talking about in the Anchorage school district, which, quite honestly, I think might be a good idea. I mean, uh, you know, I know you, you you probably find that shocking that I would think that uh, that a school board or a school district had a good idea, but you know that they're they're admitting that there's a problem here, and uh, this is what they're supposed to do. And finally, uh, I guess this is where we'll start this morning. Suzanne Downing over at Must Read Alaska's got a story that says, "Follow the money to see why this man is a target of uh, Democrats in the Matt School Board School Board election," and she's talking about Oli Larson. Now, Oli Larson is uh, the conservative incumbent. He's been uh, he's been in there for oof, I don't know. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of years, but again, doing the yeoman's work as the conservative, he's got a new candidate. Uh, her name is Diana Sheeb, 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 S H I B E, Sheeb, Sheeb. I'll call her Schiebe. um anyway, <clears throat> and um, she has uh, raised a whopping thirty-eight thousand dollars. For this school board race. Now, according to her report at APOC, most of the thirty eight thousand dollars is coming from teacher union types and outside the district. Um, And what's clear, according to Downing in the filings, is that Larson, Ole Larson, has become a target of the Democrats, as shown by the fact that former Democrat U.S. Senate candidate Pat Chesbro is the deputy treasurer for Scheib. And Anchorage School Board President Margot Bellamy is the fi- is a financial contributor. I mean, I don't, but yes, okay. Outside interest groups, again, including <clears throat> teachers unions and more are what's, <laughs> I mean, the 38,000. Ole Larson, by the way, has raised just $9,400, about a third of what Scheib has to spend. Um, and so it's going to be a big, just like we saw. In um, Just like we saw in the Fairbanks races where there was a lot of money going into – well, in that case in Fairbanks, there was a lot of independent expenditure money going around, a lot of independent expenditure movie, tens of thousands of dollars of money going around. And on top of that, the Borough also has a bond initiative. That would raise $38 million in bonds, which is only half of the cost of the projects listed, which is like, what? Proposition one it would authorize the Matsu Borough to build transportation system projects listed and issue bonds in the amount of $38,168,210, which is 50% of the cost of the projects. And there's a whole bunch of different projects in here. Uh, Mountain Trails Drive, uh, Edgerton Parks Road Pathway, a million dollars for that. Hemmer Road Extension, three million for that. School site traffic and improvement at one of the schools, Pioneer Peak Park, one million. Another Green Forest Drive reconstruction, Museum Drive Extension. Burma Road Upgrades and Improvements, School Site Traffic and Safety Improvements for Shaw Elementary School, $9 million. $9 million for safety improvements and traffic and safety improvements at one school. Oof. I mean, it's just list after list after list. $38 million in bonds. Um, whether you, I mean, I know how I'm going to vote on that. The worst part is they always omnibus it up, right? There might be some good road projects in here. And I'm not saying maybe that they're not all good road projects in the long run, but the thing is they never give you a pick and choose. They never give you a choice. Like I want to vote for this one, but not for this one. It's all up or down. I vote against those just on principle. Because until you split them out into separate bonds and we can vote on separate things, I'm not voting on two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, twenty-five 10, 12, 14, 16, 25 different projects in one single vote. That's just, <clears throat> I hate that. I hate that. But between that and the fact that Ole Larson and um, uh, Kathy McCollum, and uh and moki 2 and some other ones are facing some pretty interesting challenges this would be uh this would be the uh time to get out there and get your vote on it's all coming up uh on uh, Oct- on, uh november the uh third uh, right did i say that right november the 3rd first tuesday in november november the no Pfft, idiot november the 7th November 7th. All right. So November 7th. That's when the whole vote's going on. We got, so you got about two and a half weeks between now and then to make it happen. So that should be pretty, pretty interesting. Um, All right. Uh, The project from the Anchorage School District, this is the one that I thought was, is interesting. And I'm, again, not opposed to the idea. I'd like to see what the implementation is going to be but Anchorage High School students will soon be required to select a career track that will be part of their daily schedule as part of a major shift in the district's curriculum. A career track would include job trainings, internships, and certifications that the school district hopes will prepare students for their post-graduation careers, according to Annie Berman over at the ADN. School district officials are still trying to figure out what the career tracks, which they're calling academies, will be and how the logistics will work, They hosted a summit on Thursday with elected officials, industry, nonprofit leaders, and parents and students to help narrow down what they would do. The new program, which the district aims to launch next fall, is part of a broader community effort to address Anchorage's shrinking workforce and labor shortage. They're admitting that there's a problem. There's just not enough to keep people uh, interesting and, you know, interested in staying here. Anchorage lost nearly 10 percent of its working age population over the last decade. Um, and if we've got this huge out migration, how are they going to interest the kids in staying in state? And this has been a problem we've had, you know, the, the brain drain in Alaska has been going on for many years because there's not always a lot of things to do, but there's plenty of work to do. Maybe we're just not educating them on what the opportunities are. I mean, you know, slope work and, and everything else, carpet. I mean, where's, I want to know how much of this is going to be like voc ed and some, some technical training. In the fall of 2025, uh, excuse me, the, in, in uh, fall of 2024, the initiative is going to launch. All ninth grade students will spend one designated class period per day exploring career opportunities and their own skills and interests, uh, according to the, uh, uh, the chief academic officer with the district. Then in the fall of 2025, sophomore students will choose a career track to focus on for the remaining three years of high school. Each high school will have between three and six academies for students to select from, and they'll have the option of switching academies at least once. Next year's freshman class will be the first cohort of students to participate in the program. If the student wants to attend an academy that's at a different school than the one they attend, they said the district is working on transportation plans for the students, and they're working out the logistics and everything else. Um, so it's interesting. um, you know, it's it's interesting. Each academy will have pathways based on what the students are interested in. A health academy, for example, might have a nurse pathway as well as a physical therapy focus. Um so it's, you know, I, I again, I'm not opposed to this. Of course, the teachers' union is like they're cautiously optimistic, but saying the teachers are so overworked they need more money. But they just got they just got a 15 million dollar grant to help with this new initiative from the uh, U.S. Department of Ed. Um, So it's it's interesting. Uh, The teacher, excuse me, the superintendent, uh, Jared Bryant, uh, said they've heard rumors from some parents that the new model would mean less of a focus on college as well as humanities and arts electives. Both said that wasn't the case. But again, my question is, is a focus on college the only path forward? I think we're starting to see that a college-only focus is not the only path forward. We've talked about this. Why? That there are more students who are less interested in college in the long run because it doesn't have the payoff for them that they would need. Um, The goal of the initiative is to give students a stronger sense of their options and a quicker path to a career that pays a good wage, said school administrators. In recent years, this is what I love, in recent years, the school district has seen a drop in attendance, which they attribute partially to students or families perhaps not seeing the usefulness of a high school education. Or, alternatively, let me offer an alternative viewpoint. Maybe it's because they don't see the benefits or the usefulness of a brick-and-mortar high school, and they've decided to instead take that education into their own hands. I think that that's probably a little closer to the truth, don't you? Especially when they talk about the high school attendance dropping in just the last couple of years, in recent years. Since the COVID pandemic, when you guys shut everything down, not surprising that that's going on. But maybe they're on the right track here, offering career tracks. This is very similar to what we talked about previously when we were talking about the German model, where they chose – they they. They kind of decided early on, as kids were getting out of uh, junior, what would be junior high school here, what whether they were on a college track or whether they were on a voc ed track, and I think, you know, I, I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing. We'll have to see how this plays out. This is an interesting, this is an interesting development, though. You can give me your thoughts on this. We're going to open up the phone lines here in a few minutes. But I got my big story coming up next. The big story on the permanent fund. And uh, I'm a little heated about it. So we'll get your take on it. Then we'll open up the phone lines. Actually, we'll open up the phone lines. Then we'll do the story. Then we'll take your calls. How about that? There we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
2: Okay. Let's do this thing. Where are we going out of here? Um. Okay, so I'm scrolling backwards. You guys are like, okay, wait at your house. Fun fact: if you wait long enough, all that stuff in your yard disappears until spring. Oof, man. Yeah. Um. We had expus- uh We had a huge explosion somewhere in our neighborhood last night. Um someone playing with Tannerite scared the hit the hell out of her. Yeah. That'll always that'll always make your day. That'll always wake you right up. Um Okay, follow the money. Uh fluffy cinnamon rolls. Oof. Oof. Um yeah, Margot Bellamy. Say, where have we heard that name before? And Fairbanks turned blue. Nearly $100,000 spent in Fairbanks from outside monies from the various – the campaign donations and the PACs and the independent expenditures and everything else. Nearly $100,000. Um, yeah, Shib is, the, Shib is the past president of the NEA. Uh, uh, listening to NPR official contributions to the election the other day. And you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't really know. Herter says, listening to NPR official contributions to the election of the day, you really wouldn't know the outside influence on the face. Because, I mean, they do that, right? Yeah. Um. That is a dangerous location, Shaw Elementary, but not worth that much dollars. Says Melody, nine million dollars. Right. That's what they for Shaw for the Shaw Elementary School, school site traffic and safety improvement. Shaw Elementary School nine point almost nine point two million dollars for the. I mean, what did the school cost? Twenty five million. So they got a third of the cost of the school in redoing the. Oof, yeah, it's irritating. Um I was just going to take an Uber to the mall says Kelly it's 2.1 miles away and it's $37 Time to get those steps in. Time to get those steps in. Oh man. Um Um uh, Okay. That is not okay for them to force our student. It, that is not okay for them to force our students into college Grade school. Trade schools are great for. I don't think that they're forcing anybody. I, they are giving them options. Um. Oh no! Big government needs our eighteen-year-olds to jump immediately into fifty to eighty k a year of unsubsidized permanent debt. Got to keep those Neolithic transgenders art and crafts majors on the menu. Who's going to represent the trans cave? Zers, if not. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They keep wanting to say, you got to be, you got to get educated. You got to get, a, you got to go to college. You got to do those things. Oh. Uh, Bill says he just sent me a picture. Uh, so now I have to look on my email because I'm a slave to the picture here. What, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, oh, no. Maybe it was on my Facebook page. There it is. Um, oh, maybe it's not on my Facebook page. I don't know where you sent me the picture, Bill, but I don't see it. Um, mm, I don't see it. Okay. So, um, there you go. All righty. Uh, getting ready to jump back in. We're 30 seconds out uh bill i'm sure just sent me a teaser picture of his breakfast i think is probably what he just sent me oh you sent me via text that's why okay all right well see so many different ways of getting the oh god it's the custom Mm. 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 all right gotta go the michael duke show common sense radio Okay, let's uh, let's get back to it. Uh, we've got—I uh, I suppose I said I was going to open up the phone lines, and I didn't do that yet. So let me open up the phone lines first, and we will uh, we'll get to, we'll get some calls rolling just in case. But I do have a story that I want to talk about, uh, and that is. This latest piece from James Brooks uh, over at the Alaska Beacon, which is uh, been picked up by the ADN. i having a hard time with the phones this morning. I don't know what's going on here. I broke something. Apparently, I broke something. There we go. Um, but James Brooks over at the ADN has picked up this thing, and uh, he is uh, talking about the potential for a constitutional amendment that the permanent fund is typically a non partisan non you know non political thing but we all know that that is not necessarily <laughs> we know that that's not necessarily the case right we know that that's it hasn't been for quite a while in a lot of ways uh and it's a little frustrating to watch the reporting on this because There's some. um, I I don't want to say willful blindness going on, but let's look, let's let's take a look at it. We'll 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 kick this off here uh, and we'll go through this story. The Alaska Permanent Fund isn't running out of money, but it may be running out of money that can be spent. After years of earning less than it needed to beat inflation and the demands of the state treasury, the permanent fund spendable reserves may be exhausted within four years. So spendable reserves, this is the earnings reserve account, may be exhausted within four years. Now, yes, it may be, but that has more to do with the runaway growth of spending in this state than it does anything else. That's really the culprit here, is the runaway growth of spending. He goes on to say, Alaska relies on an annual transfer from the permanent fund for more than half of its general purpose revenue used to pay for state services and dividends. If that spendable account runs dry, it would trigger an instant statewide crisis. With that scenario in mind, the managers of the Permanent Fund Corp. and the state legislators are considering structural changes to the way the Permanent Fund operates. So the trustees have directed corporate staff and outside experts to begin analyzing the situation and intend to finish a white paper, likely with the formal recommendations to the legislature later this year, of amending the Constitution— to basically meld the two funds together. Now this is the dangerous part. This is quite honestly what I have been warning about for the last 25 years on this program. That that pot of money, that permanent the corpus of the fund is just too juicy a target for them to ignore. Too juicy they want they want it. They want it. I mean they just want to get their hands on it. Um the uh, the the permanent fund, the the uh, they knew the the founders and framers of the permanent fund, they knew that there were drawbacks to the approach that they took of splitting out the two funds that leak that literally unless the legislature regularly transferred money from the earnings reserve to the principal, that inflation would wear away at the principal's value. They say inflation is like a thief in the night, is what Elmer Rasmussen said in 82. Uh, So that year, the legislature began regularly transferring money from the ERA to the principal to ensure that it would happen. And that continued until 2018, when the legislature set up a system that annually transfers money from the ERA to the state treasury to pay for services. That increased the pressure on the permanent fund. Now, not only does the permanent fund need to earn enough money to beat inflation, it needs to earn enough money to keep state government funded. So. Two problems, they said, that are faced with the permanent fund. In spring, this spring, in order to ensure the money available for spending in the earnings reserve, the legislature capped the amount of this year's inflation-proving transfer, meaning they reduced the amount that they would do it. Now, you know, they quote the walrus here, uh, Mr. Burt Stedman. He said, we've got to keep track of inflation or you slowly erode your permanent funds so you can skip or lighten up a year on inflation proofing if you want, but you've got to keep it up in the long run. This is, again, going back to this whole inflation proofing argument. Uh, but if the legislature continues inflation proofing at the expected rate, it will reduce the amount of money in the earnings reserve, increasing the chances of an eventual short-term fiscal crisis. <laughs> okay, so let me let me just throw all this out here because they now they're using the inflation proofing argument as a reason why the fund is in crisis. You know what they ignore all throughout these discussions? You know what is not brought up one single time by James Brooks? Who I know at some point listens to this program because he's backhanded quoted things that have happened on the show. So I know he's listening to the show at some point. So James, if you're listening, why did you not report on the what was it? The the several billion dollar transfers that have happened over the last couple, three, four years um, that Stedman has instigated. Uh, I think Donna's in the chat room. She can give me the exact number. I think upwards of six billion dollars has been transferred into the corpus of the fund from the ERA over the last six or seven years. Donna, if you want to hit me on the number, hit me to make sure that I hit the, the the numbers correctly on that. But I want to say it's about $6 billion has been transferred from the ERA into the corpus of the fund. Now, they didn't call it inflation-proofing, but it has the effect of inflation-proofing. If you're moving it out of there to protect it, if you're moving it out of there to keep it ro- – I mean, that's that's a lot of money. But it that is never mentioned at all in this article. The transfers, a billion here, two billion here, four billion here. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. And they go on to talk about how they float this constitutional amendment. As envisioned, the amendment would combine the permanent funds, two accounts, the corpus and the ERA, into one the state treasury would take a percentage of the fund's overall value each year to pay for dividends and services, and the legislators won't be able to spend more than the percentage without amending the Constitution again. But it gives them access to the entire corpus of the fund. Now, they went, he does, and, and here's why I'm really flabbergasted, because he goes on to talk about um, Alaska's changing spending habits. If a constitutional amendment with a two-thirds legislative supermajority is too hard, the legislature could consider passing legislation that reduces the annual transfer from the permanent fund to the, sta- the POMV statute. Shrinking that figure would make it easier for the permanent funds investment to keep face with spending and inflation. But because reducing the transfer would mean reducing the amount of money available for dividends and services, that's not likely. See, what they're not talking about here is this is not about dividends. This is about spending. We're getting dividends that are much lower than what the statutory rate ever was, and yet the spending has continued to increase to where it is the lion's share of all this. There's no talking about the spending problems. But see, here's the key to this whole article. James then quotes um, an example of New Mexico. He says the legislature could also take an approach like New Mexico. When oil prices spiked in 2022 after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the New Mexico state legislators deposited $8 million into the state's various permanent funds, saving it for the future. Where's the commentary on how much was transferred out of the state of Alaska? $8 billion. Thank you, Donna. $8 billion has been transferred here in the state of Alaska to the permanent fund. He makes no mention of that whatsoever. Not a single, he mentions about New Mexico depositing $8 billion. That's what we could do it. Like Mexico did oil prices right now are running higher than expected. And the legislature could do something similar to New Mexico. If the trend continues, they, they did. They have transferred 8 billion dollars into the corpus of the fund in just the last few years. But no no it's a crisis. It's a crisis and that's how we need to look at it as a crisis because that's the way we that's the only way we can get these things done. I look, I like James Brooks's writings. He does a lot of good stuff. But this is such a blatant oversight the fact that alaska has transferred the same amount as new mexico over the last what has it been 3 4 years 4 years 5 years they have transferred 8 billion dollars as well into the corpus of the fund but brooks doesn't mention this at all in here it's like oh you got the i got the talking points from these people and yep we need to if we don't do it then we're all doomed so we have to have a, we have to have it. We we got to do it. We got to make it happen. We got to create this constitutional amendment to create an endowment. That's what Bryce Edgman called it. It's an endowment. And the one comment here from the from the uh, from the alternative point of view, from the anti point of view. Several members of the state house, including Speaker of the House Kathy Tilton, a Republican from Wasilla, and Bryce Edgman, independent from Dillingham, and a member of the House Finance Committee, have said they don't see the legislature significantly advancing a comprehensive long term state fiscal plan, but single measures could advance in the spring. So they're both looking for a long term fiscal plan. But Edgman says, I think legislation to create an endowment would be a good first step. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? you want to give the legislature access to the full corpus of the fund, there was a reason why they separated that out and put one behind a constitutional shield. There was a reason for that. Because it would be gone today if they hadn't. That's just, that's just how it is. And now they're going to use the argument of no inflation proofing. If you go back to the debates over SB 26, which was the POMV law, the percent of market value law that they use now they said that inflation proofing was taken care of by the draw amount they they said that inflation proof that they would not that inflation proofing was fine that was all factored and figured in there but now it's become a problem except for the fact that they've transferred billions of dollars into the corpus of the fund from the era over the last few years i mean this is This is smoke and mirrors, folks. This is a play for the biggest pot of money in the state. And and the worst part is, is that they are admitting in their own words here. That it's going to they're going to run the ERA dry, and it's because they are spending so much. They can't they want more money. They're admitting in this article that it's going to run dry, and it has nothing to do with the inflation proofing. It has everything to do with the how much their spend is. I, I This is the play right here, and the fact that they're not even mentioning the fact that we've already put millions and billions of dollars into the corpus of the fund out of the ERA – For no apparent reason other than Stedman wanted to protect it, it acts as inflation-proof. $8 billion. It's a crisis that he created by transferring that $8 billion. Now he could say there's not enough in the earnings reserve for us to fund government. And so now we need to look at a constitutional amendment to merge the funds. Because they intentionally transferred the money out of the ERA to bring down the fund balance. So now it's a crisis point. This is a, this is a manufactured crisis that they plan to take full advantage of with the help of the Permanent Fund Board calling for this constitutional amendment. I, for one, am sure as hell not voting for anything like that. So you won't have my vote on your constitutional amendment. But, I mean, that's the thing. They're not even writing... There's just... Come on, James. What about the $8 billion that we've transferred to our permanent fund? Not a mention of it in this article. And he mentions New Mexico, doesn't mention Alaska. I don't know if it's intentional, if it's an oversight i don't know i don't know we gotta go the michael duke show common sense radio phone lines are open 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 give us a call if you want to talk to the next segment Going backwards here. Um, $10 for a 16-ounce coffee? Oof. Damn, where are you? You must be at an airport or something somewhere. Um, um. I think it's both hilarious and irritating that people are going to get their panties in a twist over safety upgrades to an elementary school. But y'all didn't cry at all when they spent $2 million to remodel high school running tracks and fields that aren't even used for six months out of the year. I always have griped about that. But, you know, be, yeah, I've always griped about that. Um, and the straight treasury demands. Get rid of the excess treasury demands. Oh, So, yeah, exactly. It's a spending issue. And the state treasury demands. Get rid of the excess treasury demands the legislature and you'll have a, you know, um, Brad talked about this. It's in part funny accounting in part because of Bert's moving money from the earnings reserve to the corpus. It's in, a, it is a manufactured crisis. That's the problem. It's a manufactured crisis. Uh, Donna goes on to say that POMV is self-inflation proofing. Exactly. That's what we were told when they passed it. Now they're acting like, oh, this is a problem. Oh, this is a problem. We don't have enough money in there. This is a problem. What they're basically saying is that they don't have enough um, self-control to live within that POMV amount. That's what they're saying. Um, uh, finally asking, Don. I thought you were in the know. Sometimes I forget things, Harold. I thought it was eight billion, but I didn't want to go all the way up there. So I said six because I, I remembered six of it. But, you know, hey, it happens. Oh, don't you bring an out of town expert in sometimes when you need it? I do. Okay. Um, Oh, for God's sake, close that. There we go. Um, going down here. Denise, I uh, believe. Oh, they're going on and on about the schools. Uh, trying to keep my blood pressure tame here, says Herder. Yeah, well, I understand that completely, my friend. I understand that feeling completely. What the hell? Come on. My phone, my volume. There we go. All right. Uh, Also remember that Brad pointed out the accounting shows current revenues only but includes future expenditures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to uh, have Brad tear this whole thing apart. I want to see what their real – I want to see what their real report shows at the end, the one that they're working on right now. Um, Okay. Um, someone just friended me under the name Donna Ardwin, but it wasn't actually her. Oh, uh, yeah, it was Donna because she's had to open up a, you could see that she's in Facebook jail. Um, she's in Facebook jail. There you go. Um, all right. It's in, it's, it is insulting says Tawny hold BS accountable. Hold BS. Hold BS accountable. That was just BS. I'm his Bert Stedman. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Govern. Oh, that's great. Government is basically a machine that costs us $100 a day to create a dollar a day of service. I mean, that's the thing. We've created this monstrosity, and we got people like Bert Stedman manipulating things behind the scenes. I mean, he's the one that's that's he's the one that's pushing this whole thing. He, wa- I mean, this is a crisis that is totally, completely manufactured, and you could see the way that this article is written. They're going on and on and on about how oh there just won't be enough money for government. There just won't be enough because government is spending more and more and more. That's the thing and it goes on to talk about I mean yeah, this whole thing is is made up. It's manufactured. And the thing is it's written to make it's it's written to make Stedman sound like the reasonable one. That's the worst part for me. It, it, it's so, so frustrating. And I know James eventually listens to these shows, like I said, because he's quoted us without actually naming the show, which I found ironic since I name him all the time when I quote his stuff. But regardless, he quoted the show recently and, and I know he, James, come on, man. Come on a little bit of equitable all right here we go. jump it back into it. Okay, we are ready to go. One final segment of the show today. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, am I? I'm, I'm just I'm mad about it. All right, let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say. We'll uh, we'll get started here and uh, see what's going on. We got a couple lines on hold. Over here we go. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: It's Terry calling from Kodiak.
2: Hello, Terry. What's on your mind?
1: Uh, there was this, uh, Colorado-based, uh, conservative activist, I guess you could call her, America's mom, that, uh, just announced, uh, I think it was, uh, Friday, that, uh, there's a thing called a wireless monitor- monitoring device that, uh, she wants all the counties to, across the nation to check into because it can stop the kids, you know, like having fun hacking into the uh, Dominion voting machines during elections. Uh, it can stop them from doing that somehow. I can't, can't explain it very well, uh, but she wanted everybody to email her. at um, Sharona spelled with two R's and two N's. At uh, LindellOffenseFund.org, I, I tried emailing her, and I guess I have to do it from a laptop, not a phone. Okay. Um, I, I think R- I misspelled R- her name. It, it had S H uh, E R R O N N A. I think. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I, I think I didn't put enough Rs in or something.
2: Okay. Um, All right, I'm Terry. I'm gonna
1: try again. It sounded pretty interesting. All right.
2: Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate you uh, calling in, Terry. Thank you. Let's go over here. I got another call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Michael, this is Carlene in Kodiak. Hello, Carlene. Thank you Paul. Um, when that article came out in the ADN, you were covering the elections with quite a few interviews, and Brad Keithley was traveling, and I was afraid that you would drop the ball. I read the article but I did not get it. So thank you so much. And another thing is um, it feels like the Alaska legislature is addicted to spending. We have cheap money, and we're not saving. Thanks, Michael.
2: Uh, thank you so much, Carlene. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was hoping that I would help people, you know, walk through this article and understand it a little better um with the uh, um, you know, uh, with the, the whole permanent fund and exactly what's going on here. I mean, to read between the lines on this this paper article, they're basically saying that you know without the without the access to the corpus of the fund, that the state's going to be in crisis. This is basically a beg letter to allow them to tap into the corpus of the permanent fund. Which, again, if they had, uh, there was a reason why these funds were separated in the very beginning. Because they understood, and Hammond talks about this, I mean, after the state received that first royalty payment of $900 million, almost a billion dollars, and the state legislature went through it like a hot knife through butter and spent every dime of it, that's when they said crisis This is a – remember, when the state got that first big check of almost a billion dollars, the state budget at the time was like $160 million a year. So they, they got a check that was like eight times what the annual budget was, and what happened? Man, they gnawed through that thing like it was nothing. And that's when Hammond and company said, wait a second wait just a second. And that's where they created the permanent fund. And then later on created the permanent fund dividend. And I think that uh, this just shows, this, this article, if nothing else, shows you that the biggest problem is, as I've said for many years, spending. It's not a revenue problem it is a spending problem we need more money and of course the argument is is that this whole thing has been set up because of uh, uh you know this whole thing is is gotten to this point because we don't have enough inflation proofing but it's ignoring the 8 billion dollar Transfer over the last six years, and as Donna pointed out in the chat room here a few minutes ago, that this is exactly what Brad pointed out earlier. That the the report that they're basing now we're getting remember this whole this whole argument from the permanent fund c- court board is based on their initial projections and the and the revenues and everything else that they were showing. But Brad talked about this last week or the week before when the current the sh- the accounting. It only shows current revenues, but it also includes future expenditures without those future revenues coming in either, which is the same thing. Remember when Bill Walker stood up there and said, if we pay this out, the permanent fund will be gone. If we pay this out, this will all dry. If we keep paying out at this rate, that it'll all... Again, showing you only the current value of the fund, neglecting to tell you the fact that the money spins off into the earnings reserve every year. That there is money deposited that at the current fund balance, sure, if all you had was the current fund balance, sure, we'd run out of money in the ERA. But what they failed to put in there was that every year more of the earnings spin off. Into the earnings reserve account. So they put in the current revenues and future expenditures without putting in the future revenues as well. That's like saying you're going to run out of money in your checking account paying your mortgage because, based on your current bank balance, I mean, that's going to, I mean, a couple months, you're going to run out of money, not accounting for the fact that you're going to get your paycheck every month, every month, every month. I mean that's this is so nutty. I mean, it's just this whole thing. Is is it? It's always been about, for many of these politicians, it's always been about access to the corpus of the fund, and they're within sight. They could see it. They're within sight of it. They're creating these issues to then try and exploit those issues. It's this, this whole thing is just, this whole thing is just insane. 907 I got time for maybe one more call if you want to call in real quick. Um, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at it. And see what it is. Brian says the prize, as always, has been the prize. The tactics have changed, but the game is the same. They failed on the full frontal assault. Now it's a stepwise approach. The big domino fell with Walker. Now it is the crisis de jour and sleight of hand. You're not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, I I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what... what uh, uh, Brad has to say about this tomorrow. I'm sure that he's going to take. Uh, I'm sure he's going to take this piece to task because this is uh, problematic to say the least. the The reporting on this, especially the disingenuous, the fact that he quotes what's going on in New Mexico with the eight million dollar transfer in New Mexico and doesn't acknowledge the same eight million dollar transfer here, is. I mean, I would say blatantly astonishing, but I mean, that's just me. All right. We got to go. I appreciate you guys coming in today. It's been a great show today. I've enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you again tomorrow. Appreciate. um, Appreciate it. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. Tomorrow, Brad Keithley, Chris Story we will return the michael duke show common sense radio okay my friends it's good to talk with you had a great time today thanks for all the foodie stuff and everything else good conversations we'll see you tomorrow enjoy Man, I'm glad I saved that story for last. I would have been wrapped up the whole show. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.